Yes. My question today is, does God reign? There's plenty of rain outside. But does God reign, R-E-I-G-N, in your life? One of my New Year's resolutions is to... Uh, and I, I go over these and I try to do the best as I can, but I make mistakes. I'm sorry if you don't. I do. I do. Okay? If you, if you look in your, in your worship handout, in the very middle... Now, I was going to play this completely off and say, hey, uh, we actually did this on purpose to see if you read all of your worship handout, but that would be a lie. Because I didn't mess up. But it, January 3rd, by the way, uh, next Sunday, we're we are starting on Sunday, not Saturday. Okay, we have church on Sunday. Okay, so if you read that, it's January 3rd, it's a Sunday, it is an exciting time for connection because we go to, to a 9 and 11 o'clock service, we go to two services. If you were here with us last week, if you're here this morning, you can notice that we are past 80%, big time. Okay, so this is a very exciting time, we've been at two services before, we tried at 4.30, it didn't work how we thought it was going to, and we just call those test tubes. Sometimes, sometimes we try things, and they work great. And that's great. But sometimes you have to work to find out culturally what is accepted and where is accepted. Okay? So we're going to run a 9 and 11 identical worship service here starting next week, January 3rd, on Sunday. Okay? Sunday. Um, if you have been a part of Connection for any amount of time at all, uh, we, have, we have, on the fourth Sunday of the month, and this is the Touch Someone's Life Gift Sunday, uh, and some of us that are, that are connection people understand what this is. If you are not normally a connection attender, we do, we, this is not an offering that we're asking for your money. Okay? Connection asks for uh, our people to donate uh, quarters and nickels and dimes and sometimes dollars. And, and there are people that are far more generous than that. But for the fourth week of the month, for over two years now, we've been collecting an offering. And it's called Touch Someone's Life Gift. Uh, believe it or not, some, some people in here have actually been affected by this gift before they were part of Connection. And it wasn't a, a bribe to get them to come to Connection. It was merely a way that we could show them in a very relevant way that God loves them. And sometimes God uses all kinds of things to open your eyes. So we're going to take an offering in just a little bit. And uh, at the end of the service, we're gonna, I'm going to pick some... See, this is, where this is where people get nervous. If you're not a regular Connection person and you're, and you're joining us, first of all, you're with family. Uh, feel free to, to hang out with us and, and to talk with other people because we're, we're very happy that you're here. Um, but we're going to get some money and some popcorn bags. And what we're going to do is we're going to give these, I'm going to select, I'm going to pick people. And see, this is where connection people get nervous. They're going, oh, oh boy, big crowd. Listen, if I ever pick you and you say, you sit at your chair and just go, mm, 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 I get asked quite regularly, Matt, how do you get in front of a crowd of people uh, that, that doesn't, it's not a big deal. Um, but some people have a big deal with that. So if you, if you sit in your chair and I call your name, just go, or, or, okay, that all works. I don't want to put a pressure on you. I'll pick somebody else. But we're going to pray over those bags of money. And we're going to send those bags out to the community. And some way, somehow, that person that gets that bag is going to, is going to encounter someone and they're just going to give them, listen, give them a bag of money in a very relevant way just to let them know that we strive to tell people that God loves them. So if my ushers would come forward with the popcorn bags and we'll get this, we'll get the Touch Someone's Life gift going. Again, this is not something that, uh, that we normally do. It's on the fourth Sunday only. Um, there are two types of people in this world. Let me back up a second. This, last week we got to celebrate Christmas and I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Um, if you were alone or if you were with someone or you were with 800 people, I hope that you had a great Christmas. Um, because we talked about last week that we receive, we've already received the best Christmas present that we could ever get. Now, some of you might argue if, if somebody got a brand new Lexus or a brand new Audi or somebody in the audience said, no, I got the best Christmas present ever. And we talked last week about how that doesn't compare at all to the Christmas present that Jesus is. That God said, no, he probably wasn't born in December. Uh, and and we're, we can go into that, but we're not going to. But it's the time that we celebrate the, his birth. That God sent us the best Christmas present we could ever get. In fact, last year, if you remember around Christmas time, um, we had talked about, we talked about the, just the enjoyment uh, of being content. And I, and, I, and I talked with someone, and uh, they said, you know, one time, 
maybe whenever I have kids to teach this lesson, I thought about wrapping up some presents and having them completely empty. I think about that, and I'm, you're going to scar children. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, listen. But, but the, the point of that is when you open it up, being content. Being content. Man, I had such a good time with my... We got to go to Missouri. I got to see my in-laws. It was a great time. See people that I haven't seen in a little while. It was a great time to get together. And as I sat there, I just realized, you know, I got a couple presents and that's great. But I'm like, you know, this is, this is it. Being with people that I love. And I thought about it as I was sitting in Missouri and we left, we left yesterday and uh, thank you for everybody that prays for safe travel because we, we went through torrential downpour from Missouri to Mount Vernon yesterday and it was bad and, and God just really kept us safe. Um, but I look forward to seeing my family in, my extended family in Missouri and as we kept getting closer to home I realized, hey, tomorrow is Sunday and I get to hang out with my church family. And I'm excited to see you. And some of you came in this morning and you're, 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 some, we have knuckle people. We have shaker people. And we even have hug people. Okay, so if you're, you're just kind of, if you're, if you're not a hug person and you're approached by a hug person, just knuckle. Just kind of, hey knuckle. <laughs> anyway, we're glad that you're here. Uh, let's, I'm going to pray for the service and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, God's Word this morning. So if you would just pray with me. Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you God for the, for the weather. Uh, there's a lot of water. Evidently, you see fit that we need it, so that's okay. Now, we thank you for a dry building. Thank you for people, God, that give their time to hand out worship handouts to people. I'm thankful for people in connection that talk to our, to our guests. I'm thankful, God, that you're alive and living. God, that your word is living and it's impactful in our life. God, as we look towards the new year, we just ask a special prayer. God, that may this year coming up be unlike anything we've ever seen in our own life. In Your name we pray. Amen. I think every one of us has probably at some point, maybe some of us have them, have them written down, New Year's resolutions. And you're laughing because you've made them and broke them, right? Or maybe you've kept them. I had someone, had someone uh, ask me in Missouri, they said, what, what would you like to drink? We have Diet Pepsi, we have Diet Coke. And I said, um, water is fine. Huh. Okay. And I said, they said, well, we have Coke, if you don't like diet. And I said, no. Well, we have Dr. Pepper. Oh. I love Dr. Pepper. And I said, no. I, and I'm a numbers person if you know me. I haven't had a soda since February 9th of 2009. And it was something that I, that I really strive to do. And uh, actually, I was, we, we were leaders of our youth group when this first happened. And one of our youth said, you did such a good job at giving up soda, why don't you give up coffee? And I said, you're insane. So <laughs> we're just moving on. So anyway, anyway. but New Year's resolutions. And if you want to get healthier, if you want to lose weight, if you want to. You know, I really liked, I really liked what the video said with the skit guys. I want to get, be, be, I don't know how he said it, be less quick to get angry with my children, uh, maybe to have more patience, to read my Bible daily, to do, to do what God wants me to do. And I love this goal, to, to make next year, 2016, a better spiritual year than we've ever had in our entire life. That should be a goal. I've talked to you several times, if you're from Connection, I've talked to you about Christians being, we should be like catfish. And people are like, yeah, what? Okay. A catfish until the point that you catch him, and baptize him in Greece. Okay, they continually grow until they die. Always. So a Christian should be not any different than that. We should grow. We should continue to expand. 2016 should be better spiritually than 2015. I didn't say. Do not quote me as saying it will be easier. But it's possible to have a more spiritual connection, a better connection, a better relationship with God. There are two types of people, and uh, I was reading. I was actually reading this reading this quote uh, uh, from a from a lesson that I read, um, uh, a teaching that I I heard that Mike Davis did, and he says this. It's in the book we call uh, from John Ishii, and he says um, the, the title of the book is From Here to Maturity, and he says this. People can be divided up into two groups, and if you look at your worship handout, we're going to check those out. So it's on the first couple blanks. It says, it says, it's been suggested there are two types of people in the world. There are radar people, 
And there are gyroscope people. And I said, some of you are like, oh, I know what radar is because the police have used it on me before. <laughs> uh-huh. I know all of you now. You're, you're all you speeders. But there are radar people and there are gyroscope people. Now, gyroscope, has anybody ever ridden a gyroscope, by the way? If you don't like to spin in circles or do flips, do not ever ride one. Okay, you're placing this and you're in an internal circle that spins and then you're one that does this and then you're doing another one that does this. So you're literally, you know, kind of doing this and some of you are getting queasy looking at my arm. Okay? <laughs> but watch this. Watch this. The, the two types of people, the radar people are this. They allow external things. Now think about this really carefully. If you're a radar person or a gyroscope person, these things are going to hit home. Okay? And if there's only two, it's probably going to cover most everybody, okay? The radar people, the external things affect you. They have a large degree of control on your life. For instance, you care a whole lot about how others think about you and the way that you dress and what you drive and what car you... Oh, you're getting really sharp really fast. Just listen. Radar people, they respond to objects that come within their area, that they affect on the outside, and it causes them to have a different relationship because of who they're around. Now, if you, if you had peer pressure when you were growing up, if you're breathing in here, you probably had that. You would often find that if you're a codependent person, you always wanted to fit in with those people, including doing what they did. If they talked a certain way, you want to talk that way. See, a radar person is someone that the outside affects how they act. A gyroscope person, they possess something that's very, very neat. Inner directiveness. Inside controls the external. It's completely reversed. Okay? Now watch. Gyroscope people understand that things happen on the outside, but they choose to follow the internal compass that God has given them. The external can affect you, and you're aware of it. But internally, you realize that God is controlled. For instance, watch this. I told you last week that I was at a funeral for my, my friend's grandmother. And this is, a, this, this is the best example that I could ever see. External things were happening. Mabel Kiefer had passed away. Beautiful, awesome, 84-year-old woman. I loved her with all of my heart. She's a beautiful person. A phenomenal follower of Jesus Christ. It makes the funeral a lot easier. And there was one of her friends sitting right here in the second row. They'd been friends for over 60 years. And one of the songs that was played, there's just something about that name. Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about the name of Jesus. And I sat, I was sitting in the back, and I was humming and singing along with the words. Mabel would have had it the same way. She was a very happy person. She loved, she loved singing. And we were, there was a couple of us, and then we were kind of singing. And I looked up to the front, and I immediately lost all control of my emotion. <laughs> yes, I'm an emotional guy, but listen to this. We were at a funeral. This is her, one of her best friends was sitting right here. Over 60 years, her friend. There's something about that name. Talking about the hope that we have in Jesus. And at a funeral, this is what I saw. external had happened. Listen to me. The external had happened. She had lost a friend, but internally, look, internally she knew it was going to be okay, didn't she? She knew if she kept her focus on God, she was able to worship at a funeral. What? I mean, really? It's a very sorrowful occasion. But the hope that we have... I would, I would, I would like to maybe have all of us shoot for that goal of gyroscope person for 2016. Now we're going to look at the book of Ephesians and we're going to look at chapter 5 but before that I have some verses in your worship handout if you want to just turn and look at them in your worship handout. Um, <clears throat> we're going to pick up, we're going to pick up in, in, in chapter 2 verse 2 and I, I put these on here on purpose. Now listen, this is earlier than we are in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in chapter 5. So Paul points out some specifics about how followers of Jesus should live. Now I don't want to ask you personally because it would be embarrassing. You don't want to know about me and I necessarily, it's not any of my business about you. But do you need to maybe get your walk a little bit closer with God this coming year? Listen, I'll be the first one to stand in line. I can always do. We've got to be a catfish, right? I want to follow God. I want to, I want to follow you so close. Now I put these verses in here 
And I did not include the whole verse on purpose. Ah, we went to church. Matt gave us homework. Okay, homework. Now, when you get home, I want you to look. Sometime this week, I want you to, I want you to be very, very serious. Maybe on New Year's Eve. You look up Ephesians 2.2 2, or maybe one of these per day and you look at them. Look at, this is the way that we used to be. Now look how Paul talks about this in your worship handout. Ephesians 2.2 2 says the way you used to live. A follower of Christ should be different than before they were a follower of Christ. I talked with a man this week. He has a very big problem with the word salvation. Being, becoming a Christian, a follower of God. And he said, I think too many people use it as a get out of hell free card. Me too. We're responsible. We should live in a way that's different than the way that we used to. Look at Ephesians 4.1. This one's this was probably the easiest one. That's sarcasm. Live as God wants. See, this would be really easy for me and you to follow if we took out God. Just erase that. And we put our name there. Could you live that way pretty easy? Ha! Live as Matt wants. Sweet. Awesome. Great. We have church at 6am because I'm a morning person. Some of you are like, mm-hmm. some of you are like, the only way I'm going to see 6 a.m. is if I stay up all night. Okay, that's how some of you see it. But live is how God wants. God, God desires, God desires to have us live as He wants us to. And and Jack was right when he when when he was talking about. I've heard this analogy before, but when we go to sporting events. It's no problem for me. I got to go to a big Cardinals game a couple years ago when they clinched over the Dodgers. And it, it was a good time. And I had no problem standing up with 45,000 of my closest non-knowing friends and yelling for guys that I have never physically met. Think about this. I, I, was, I was cheering for guys that get paid more money than if you added probably all of us up together Take the payroll of the Cardinals against us. I'm going to probably say the Cardinals win. Okay? And I was cheering for those guys that I don't even know. As opposed to this. Living as God wants me to. My worship should be my life. God, send me someone. Send me someone that I can talk to today. Send me someone that I can share my life with today. Send me someone, God that I can, I can just put your love into. That's what we're going to do with the money later. That's all we're doing. We're showing people God loves you. Ephesians 4.17, look at this one. There's to be a difference in how you live. Again, it goes back to 2.2. Two. Now, when you were younger, we're not even going to have a show of hands, but when you were younger, how many of us did exactly what our parents asked us to do the very first time that we asked, that we were asked to do it? No one. Good. You're just like me. Now, my mom and dad would get my attention. Now, remember, I talked to you last week. Christmas, 1990, I got my Nintendo. Huge deal. Okay, big deal. Me and my sister got a Nintendo. And I, often I found that my mom and dad could get my attention very quickly about taking out the trash. They would, my, my mom would say, would you please take out the trash? Selective hearing. I'm playing Mario Brothers, man. All of a sudden, the screen would go completely black. And she goes, did you hear me? I go, I did now. Okay, I take the trash out. Sometimes we don't listen the first time, do we? So Paul, talking to the church in Ephesus, he comes back two chapters later and says this, I know I told you this before, but please listen again. There should be a difference in how you live. Watch this. Maybe they're a little bit thick-skulled. Look at, look at the next screen. Look at chapter 5. Look at this. Again, listen. He told us twice. It's pretty important. When he tells you three times, I think they're... Uh, hello. But the next two, in fact, there's four times, live as Jesus did, selfless love. And in 5a, he says this, that the change has taken place in your lives. He's saying that we should live differently, we should love differently, so that this, so that other people that come in contact us with us, not here, out there, people that come in contact with us should say, they should see us. I, I taught with a, with a guy, and he now teaches over at Edwards County. And this guy came up to me, and he knew, he knew, he was at a point in my career that I, I did a, I did a one year teaching, you know, venture at the school. And there was a lady that was going to come back, and she was going to take over. And I knew that going into it. And he knew that I was going to be without a job in May. And this is what he did. He comes up to me in about February or March, and he said, "Man, are you like really?" 
scared? I said, I'm not comfortable. I mean, if you know the teaching situation in Illinois, it's difficult to get a job. And I said, I'm not comfortable, but I said this. I said, Russ, one of the biggest things that I know of is that God will take care of me no matter what. He always has. He's never let me down. And out of his mouth, listen, this, this, was one of, this is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. He goes, I figured you would say that. Now watch. It's not Matt being super Christian. It's that me living life right beside him, he knew that there was something different. There's probably people like that, that are friends with you where you work. That, you know, this is probably not going to get them down. A tragic loss. And I've seen tragic loss in my, in my family. And people have come to us and said, I don't understand how you're still so close. In fact, after this happened, it's like you're closer. And because we, are, we have the hope of Jesus Christ. God is my internal gyroscope. Okay? I, yeah, am I aware that things happen around in our world? Absolutely. Are there bombs dropped outside my little life circle? Absolutely. But inside, it can't, it can't break it. It can't break. And Paul's just reminding them, he says, listen... That change, you're different. You're not the same. So I'm going to ask you. Internally, in your head, inside yourself, does 2016, do we need to polish some stuff? Maybe do we need to get back into reading our Bible? I hope, I hope that you see this. We're going we're gonna to look at what, what Paul says in, in the book of Ephesus in three verses here in a second. But please, please, if you do not have a church home, Come back to Connection next week. Because we're starting a brand new first of the year. In, in Ephesus we read, Paul continually tells them, this is how you should live, this is how you should live, this is how you should live, this is how you should live. Now if we're going to go and we're going to make plans for 2016 and we're going to be the best that we can be, we're going to start with another letter from Paul and we're going we're gonna to go completely through the book of Philippians. Don't worry, it's pretty short. <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, oh no, no, it'll be fine. But we're going to look at Paul's instruction. He starts a church in Philippi and he immediately writes letters back to them and he gives them instructions. He said, listen, I'm just kind of keeping track of you. How you doing? And we're going to walk through four or five weeks, six weeks maybe, into, into Philippians and we're, going to, we're just going to eat it. We're just going to devour what Paul says to these people about, hey, what does it mean to be different? I just invite you to do that. It is no, there's no better way than to come and just check out verse by verse by what these people looked at and how, and how Paul instructed them because Paul was instructed by God. It wasn't Paul. He was instructed by the right person. If you have your Bibles with me, we're going to flip over to Ephesians chapter 5 and look at verse 15. Now, I studied these three verses. Okay, These three verses. And I don't know... That it's been a long time since I've came across three verses in a row that that smack this hard. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Look at look on the screen with me and you're on your Bibles. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And I was reminded about a mentoring verse. I thought, well, man, I don't have to live like a fool because. Man, I'm, if I think the way that I want to, I don't have to be careful how I live because I'm not a fool, I'm wise. <laughs> yeah, you and I know, both know that's a lie, but we're really good at justifying things to ourselves, aren't we? If we go on a diet till noon, one day, we think, hey, man, I got up and I walked a mile today and I haven't eaten anything bad for me for four hours. Large Dairy Queen Blizzard is, is, is ready to happen. It's good. You know, if I work out for two days in a row, I cannot eat just one Oreo, rather the whole package of Oreos. Now bring on the milk, man. Just bring it on. Just dunk them. We think sometimes dangerously. As I'm reminded of that verse, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Because if I think, if, I, if I'm in my relationship with my wife, and I think that what I want to do is right just simply because I think it's right and I want my agenda to come forth, guess what? That's not a wise move. All, all the married people understand. That's not a wise move. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be not good things happen. He says, don't live like fools, but live like those that are wise. Living life does not seem difficult at all if you're not careful. Think about it. Watch this. Living life 
does not seem difficult at all if you are not careful or not seeking to be wise. If you don't, listen, if you don't care, it's not hard. Is it? See, well, this is not just 2015 and 16. This is going back to the early 100s. Okay? This problem hasn't gone away. We like to do what we like to do, don't we? You know, one of my, one of my New Year's resolutions... Think about the, Think how sarcastic this would be. God, in 2016, if you could just be a little bit more like me. Think about But sometimes, be careful, sometimes that's how we talk. God, if you could just be a little bit more like me, this would be a lot easier. Some of you have, have lived long enough and done many things and you've seen the consequences of being a follower of Jesus. Now let me show you what that looks like in high school. You want to go to a party? No, I gotta, I'm going to go home. No, I don't drink. No, I don't do this. Oh. Okay. And you understand the sarcasm. In adulthood, in my job, I have been known. Listen, I, I was nicknamed something because if there was gossip, I would just walk away. Now many of you know that I'm a pastor's kid and how much I love gossip and that is complete sarcasm. But I don't, want to, I don't want any part of it. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to be around it. But we have to be careful in how we live. God doesn't need to be like us. Wouldn't that be bad? We need to strive to be like Him. It's easy to live life because you're not careful and you're not wise. Because you don't have to worry about your choices. I can do this. I can spin this. Listen, we're not going to go into the topic of January return of credit card statements during Christmas. This is not good. Okay? Because we thought, oh yeah, we'll do this. We'll do this. This is a good idea until January. You're like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good idea. Look at verse 16. Listen, I told you, I told these, these three in a row are sharp. Look at this. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. How many people have you talked to in the last month, if you talk to about religion with anyone, and they say, oh, these, are the end, these are the end days. Now, listen, I'm not saying we're getting a day closer every time. I'm not saying that Jesus is going to come back next week, but look at this. About 2,000 years ago, they're still bad. And these guys were saying, hey, you know, Jesus, you're going to be gone for, you know, but Jesus is already gone here, and He's like, man, maybe six months and come back, and we'll be out of here. Listen, we said make the most of every opportunity. And I was reminded of one thing. Of one thing. I could not quit thinking about this. And I hope some of you have seen this. If you're a fan of Robin Williams, I hope so. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. It's Latin. Carpe diem. How many people have seen Dead Poets Society? If not, go rent it. <laughs> but what, if you've seen this, look, at, look with me at this in your, in your mind. Where he goes through the trophy case, doesn't he? And these young men that he's teaching, just a phenomenal movie. And he's teaching these young men and they go to this huge trophy case and those pictures look so old, don't they? They're so old. And as I knew that I prepared this sermon, I asked several of my extended family members about their life this, this past weekend. One lady in her, in her mid-60s, she has a 20-some-year-old son, and I said, I said, can I ask you a question? She's like, yeah. I said, how quickly did your son become 24 years old? And she goes, it felt like 24 weeks. I think, think about this. I asked several people in our church that are 70s and 80s, and I said, how fast did you live your life? And they said, I have no idea how I'm this old. I have no idea how oh, I have no idea how I'm 35. They have a seven-year-old daughter. That shouldn't be possible. And then I get this this awesome news from everybody else. They oh, just keep just keep living. It keeps going quicker. I'm thinking, no, I don't want it to slow down. But Paul's even talking to these people. He says, "Listen, make the most of every opportunity." And Robin Williams solidifies this thought in this movie. He gathers all these young men around this trophy case. There's all these old trophies, these old pictures of these teams where these 18-year-old men just stood proudly by the, by the trophy and they were awarded this trophy way back. And, he, and he, says, he says, get really, really, really close to the trophy case. Get really close. And he says, can you hear it? And the kids are like, no. And he begins to whisper. He, and he whispers, carpe diem. 
sees the day. And he tells them, he says, he says these, today, today is the day. You don't get today back. You're never any younger than you are right now. Oh, you're older. Oh, you're older. Now think about that. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Paul is telling them, live today for God. Make a difference today. Help someone today. I talked with one of my friends this weekend and she had gotten the idea uh, from a radio station, but it's the pay for the person behind you in the drive-thru. Now watch this. She said, I'm going to... She's like, I finally got up the nerve to pay for someone behind me in line. And she goes, I got up there and I said, I want to pay for mine, the one behind, behind me. And the guy goes, the guy in front of you just paid for yours. <laughs> so she goes, but, but I paid for the person behind me. Make the most of those opportunities. Show God's love. A card. What a, a hand. What's this? A handwritten letter. I got some handwritten letters this weekend. They were awesome. You know what they said? Dad, you are the best daddy in the whole world. Awesome. Frame it. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't read all of Lydia's, but I, but I got the gist. Listen, handwritten notes are a big deal. Doing, doing things. Having someone over for dinner. Look at the next verse. He says this. He says, Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants to do. I have a question. You're getting ready to go into 2016. Some of you for a very long time have thought about this. What am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to... What, what, what do you want? You ever ask that question when you're talking with God? Dude, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I've tried. I don't know. But Paul reminds him, he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. No. I'm just going to leave... No, I'm not going to just leave you with that question. Look at your worship handout. A person who lives with the right direction. Now look at this. We're going to study this as, it, as, we, as we go through this next year. A person... I'm going to give you a little, a little code, a little, little path to follow. I'm first in line. Just remember that, okay? I had to prepare these sermons. So, so sometimes I get hit with this a little bit sooner than you do. I've had some time to kind of soak this in. It's still difficult. Look at the first one. A person who lives with the, with the right direction in their life. If, if 2016 and you being a better follower of Jesus is, is a direction that you want to go, I challenge you to look at this and try to put this into practice. Look at this. A person who lives with the right direction in their life lives with a purpose. Watch this. It says a purpose, not your purpose. A purpose. Well, I don't know. If I ask you right now, if we, if, we had a, if we had a complete confidential survey and I gave you all little white pieces of paper and I said, what is your purpose? <laughs> Question mark. I don't, some of you may reply, I don't know, but if God tells you about me, please let me know. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Have you ever thought about this? Here's the deal. God wants to tell you God wants you to know. He doesn't, he doesn't have Jeremiah the prophet in the Old Testament said uh, that I have plans for you and he's lying. He doesn't lie. God, Jesus didn't go to heaven and tell His disciples, says, I'm gonna, um, I'm, where I'm going you can't go. He wasn't lying. He said this. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you so that when this life is over you have somewhere to go. I'm writing this so you may know. Luke talks to Theophilus. And he says, I'm writing this so that you what? So that you know. God has a purpose for you. Now, sometimes the only way that we find this purpose is we seek it. We seek Him. Go, okay, God, will you show me? Will you show me? And this, all, this whole number one revolves around, if you're going to write down a verse, please write down this verse. I'm just going to give you the, the, the verse. Look up 1 Corinthians 10.31. When you look at this this week. Because 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And here's the cool thing. Too often times, followers of Jesus say, Well, God wants me to do that over there, but this road in between, I just can't get... I just, I, there's too many choices. There's too many of this. There's too much of this. There's too much of this. There's too, too many choices. I can't possibly get where God wants me to do. Or where He wants me to go. 
I had a 21-year-old kid ask me that question one time. I call it kid because he's 14 years younger than me. I guess I can call him a kid now. And he sat in Hardy's with me and he said this. He said, man, I have no idea. He said, I have this talent that God's given me and I can go do this in college or I can go do this in college. And I said, well, you just need to pick one. But what if I miss it out? What if I mess up? What if I do this? And I said, I said do, you, do you know what 1 Corinthians 10.31 says? I mentored him, so he does it. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And he memorized this. Now watch this. And I said, so if you go this way and you glorify God with what you do, or you go this way and choose this path and glorify God in all you do, I said, do you think that you're not going to get to where God wants you to, to be? Well, I hadn't thought about that. And I said, I called him my name and I said, if you glorify God with all that you do, the cool thing about God is you can't miss it. You can't. It's impossible. He says, delight yourself in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. I love that verse. At the beginning of my life, it was, sweet God, the desires of my heart. You just put that blank piece of check in front of me, dotted line, I'll sign it. I'll play for the Cubs only if they pay me a lot of money, but I'll play Major League Baseball. Just give it to me. That's what I want. That's the desires of my heart. And you know, when that verse really made an impact in my life, I realized that God says, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart, but if you follow me, your heart's going to be what I want, not what you want. And that was hard. I taught in school and had kids come to me. Mr. Griswold, did you really get drafted? Yes. You wouldn't come out. You could have played professional baseball and made lots of money. Yes. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> and I said, it was just an opportunity. And I said, because that wasn't God's plan for me. That was what I wanted to do. We have to live with a purpose. And we say, well, I don't even, I can't even start this because I don't know what my purpose is. I say this. Ask Him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Look at your second blank. My blank people are going to be so happy that there's blanks. Look at number two. A person who lives with the right direction in their life limits their commitments. How? If you want to talk, she, there's a girl in there, she says, I'm going to, I'm going to realize that I'm loved but not entitled. That is huge. Listen to this. Limit their commitments. There's nothing wrong with stuff. I love baseball. I love hunting. I like to do these things. You have your hobbies. You have your things. And guess what? They're fine. They're good. God says they're good. But to follow Jesus as your leader, we must say yes to what God's purpose is and not to our own. So this is very hard sometimes. And it's very hard as a pastor for the last six weeks that I've said, hey, will you volunteer to help out the 9-11 service? And some of you are like, well, that's too much commitment. But listen, listen how I worded that. Listen how Paul words this. As a, as a follower of Jesus, we must say yes to what God wants. I heard a very, very wise person say this one time, you can't outgive God. I'm not talking about taking time away from your family that's necessary or anything like that. But you can't outgive Him. You can't. But we need to limit our commitment. Listen, I, I taught in the public school system. If you looked at some of these kids and some of these kids in this church right now that, go, that are in high school, even junior high, if you saw their schedule, you wouldn't have any clue how they got homework done. I was a teacher. I had no idea how they got their homework done. Some of you say, well, that's easy. You taught PE. That's right. We didn't have homework. Okay? But limiting your commitments. Listen, this is so... We, we think we just want to preach. Young people, you need to limit your commitments and you need to do this and you need to do this. Listen, we'll time out. Check your phone. Check your schedule. Some people will call me sometimes and they'll say, hey, can you meet? And they, oh, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I don't do this, but if it is not a dire emergency... And I'm watching Dora the Explorer or Sophia with my girls. I'm probably going to finish that episode. Now watch why. This is why. God gave me a family to take care of. I had to explain that to Emma last night. asking incredible questions. You know why? Because we have incredible teachers in the preschool and in the kids' rock. And she's asked all these cool questions. She says, Dad, how come when I do something wrong, I get in trouble? I could have handled this one or two ways. But I said, Emma, 
I said, I, I said, she's getting to, she's seven years old. She has very good comprehension. And I said, I want to tell you something. I said, being a parent is a job that God gave me and your mom. And I said, I'm gonna. I said, I swore to myself that I would never use my parents' advice on my kids, but it's turning out that I am. And some of you understand this. And I said this. I said, Emma, we love you no matter what happens in this life at all, ever. We love you. But just like God loves us, He loves us too much to let us keep doing stuff wrong. And she goes, huh. <laughs> Typical seven-year-old. But I still don't like getting in trouble. And I said, well, okay. Well, so we work on that. You know what? I don't like getting in trouble by God. Will you listen, Matt? I'm just trying to teach you. I'm trying to get you. He says, limit your commitment. There's nothing wrong with activities. The commitments, the time, the energy that comes at you from all directions. But because there's so many opportunities to make these commitments, you have to decide. So like Robin Williams tells these young men by this trophy case, he says this. He says, seize the day. And I say this. Invest your time wisely. Invest it wisely. We have some people that are, that, are, that, are, that are very, not age mature, but very mature followers of Christ. Listen, invest your time in somebody that's 18. That's 20. That's 35. That's 40. That's 55. Invest your time in someone. This church, our God, listen, Jack said a while ago, it's bigger than us. If we keep doing what God wants us to do, listen, it's bigger than our kids and it's going to be long. It's going to be here long after our kids are gone. God is instilling. He says, I just want you to limit. Listen, He says this. Invest your time wisely. You only have so much energy. And some of you would just say, Amen. And some of you say, and you only have so much time. I lost a friend last summer. He's 36 years old. He crashed an ultralight plane. Random. He's a phenomenal pilot. 36. He left his wife and four kids. I saw her at the funeral. I listened and looked at her post on Christmas. And she says this. Yes, the external is affecting me. This is paraphrase. Yes, the external is, para- is, is affecting me. There's a loss. There, my husband's not here. But I know the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. That lady, I can't wait to buy her book someday. This says, without commitment to God, there's not much there, is there? Without commitment to God, there's not much in life. And without commitment to God, we will miss so much that's right around us. Look at number three. Guys, I'm just talking to the guys right now. Because stereotypically, we're in this together. If you, <laughs> if you get lost... Let's just say you don't have your cell phone and we'll just get to all this. You don't have your cell phone or there's no signal and you can't do anything but stop and ask. How long do you drive around before you stop and ask for directions? You know what? There's a sad thing. Stereotypically, I've heard that joke about guys and it's pretty true about me. My whole life. How long would you, how long would you wander around? 2000? 2001? 2002? Maybe if you look back on your calendar, maybe you've had some of the same New Year's resolutions for the last 20 years of your life and it's never happened. What if we did this? Instead of us, I, I am going to do this. What if we said, God, I need some direction. I need some help. We're not good. Stereotypically, guys like to do this. Tough. I can handle it. Some of the strongest men I've ever seen in my life that were godly men showed their strength not like this but by getting down on their knees. Warriors of prayer. Not warriors with a sword. Ask God for help. Many people look for that source of help in power or influence. In where they work, where they are on the corporate ladder, their friends, their family, their pleasure, their hobby, whatever. They say, oh, I want this to be it, I want this to be it. You can do that, and when you get done doing that, you think, oh, that was fun, but I'm really still back in the same place. 
to fill that void, God says this, I sent you my Holy Spirit. If you look back in Acts chapter 2, Jesus tells us, in Acts, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, he says, I'm going to send you a helper. And they're thinking, oh, sweet, another Jesus. You know, that's going to like, you know, go walk around and heal people. Now watch this, he said, I'm going to send you a helper. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And these men began to walk around with boldness like they had never had before. You know why? Because they used God's help. They weren't just following Jesus anymore. Now think about it. They weren't just literally following Him in His footsteps, following Him wherever He went. They were doing this. God, You lead us, we'll go. And when they did that, you see, you see a guy named Peter who literally, literally, days before he preaches at Pentecost, denies that he even knows Jesus three times. And in three, four, five, six days, the, the, the Holy Spirit is brought into their life. Jesus sends His Helper. He's not here anymore. They go from these people that are like, oh, I'm so scared and I'm locked in a room, terrified to death. You see Peter getting up on the square, in the town square in Jerusalem and preaching. And 3,000 people become followers of Jesus. That doesn't just happen. It couldn't be done by just Peter. Many Christians tend to waste their time without God's help. So maybe, maybe we, we saw some pretty bad wrecks, and our, our girls aren't in here. We saw some pretty bad wrecks yesterday going home that we didn't make note of to them. There was three car pile up with a semi. The trailer was here. The tractor was pointed back this way. All three of the cars' airbags were deployed. There were four or five ambulances and, and fire trucks. It's bad. It wasn't. As much as I wanted to stop and help, I'm not a medic. I can call, but they're already there. Listen, let God be the source of your help. You know, so I know some people in here love uh, comic strips, and and you like older and the, and the new redone version of this movie. But if you've ever seen Dennis the Menace, <laughs> Dennis the Menace is awesome. But, he, but I thought about Dennis the Menace yesterday as I knew that I had wrote this down and I looked at those cars and all the airbags had been deployed. And in a cartoon, Dennis the Menace says this. He's sitting in the car with his friend he turns to his friend and he says, airbags are kind of like God. You know they're there to protect you but you can't see them. And I watched physically deflated airbags yesterday on, on the interstate. And it appeared that those people were okay. Now, they were pretty shaken up and pretty rocked. But they were okay. And I wondered how my life could parallel that as a, as, as a, as a follower of Christ. Do you have bumps, bruises, scrapes, and scars? Spiritually? Absolutely. Has your airbag deployed sometimes? Yeah. But has God ever let you down? See, we can, I can ask a whole audience, say, has God ever let you down? And if we're very honest, we say no, because He can't. <laughs> if we think that He has, chances are we were on our own agenda. God, you didn't, answer this. You, didn't answer, you didn't answer this the way that I wanted. Maybe I need to ask again. Maybe I need to ask louder. <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to ask with, with yelling. <laughs> maybe... It turns into this, this contest. Much like if you look in the Old Testament story, Elijah with the false prophets. And Elijah talks to him and says, yell louder. Call down fire, just yell louder. Sometimes, if it's on our own agenda, so we live with a purpose. Live life with a purpose. We limit our commitments and we let God be the source of our help. Without God, there's not much in life. Think about that. Go home today. Just think about that concept. Without God, there's not much there. Well, I had my family. Listen, maybe God instilled someone in your family to tell you about God. There's not much without Him. There's not much happiness without Him. As we enter into this new year, we ask God to help, him, help us follow Him better. I want to encourage you to come next Sunday when we start at 9 and 11. If you're, if you're sitting there and you say, well, I, know that you, I know that you asked us for like six weeks to be a helper and to help out somewhere. And I have completely gotten through that six weeks and I have not volunteered yet. There are still a couple places that we can plug you in. Okay, They're not preaching and you don't have to lead worship. So there are the, there's two big ones out of the way. So there you go. 
But if you if you if you think that you could help in some way, just come see me after after church, and I'll direct you to the to the person that you can talk to. But please, if you do, if you do not go anywhere ne- next week, if you do not have a church home, come out and check out Connection at nine and eleven, or either or whatever. We're going to dive into the book of Philippians, and we're going to we're going to dive into what God has for us from Paul's letter. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. It's the book where we get. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is a very famous book, but there's a lot about it that's probably in little pockets in this book that you may not have ever heard. It's a new year, as your as your as your worship handout says. It's a new year, new direction. Notice I didn't say one direction. Okay, music fans will get that one now. New year, new direction. Maybe we need to go a new direction. Maybe we just need to. Maybe we just need to change a couple bits, angles, or degrees of our of our pointing. Towards God, maybe we need to turn that compass around. Sometimes we like to keep it pointed on ourselves. Maybe we need to point it on God and say, "God, hey, I know that you have plans for me. Show me." We have no idea what God could do with connection or all of us in 2016. It could be amazing. It will be amazing. He's already doing things amazing. We have to touch someone's life gift. Oh boy, let's see. One, two, three, three. Excellent. Right on. Yeah. Oh my. Wow. Okay. We have three bags, a total of $508. So they have $169.60 in them apiece. You know, I had someone ask me about this Touch Someone's Life gift, and they say, well, How do you get your people? This is, he goes, This isn't even an offering. He said, how do they... First of all, he said, how do you get... I said, first of all, I don't get them. I asked them. I said, you know what? People are okay to give with this. Even if we had 27 cents in here, people are okay to give because this. They've understood what it is like with God impacting their life. They've been there somewhere where they're like, hey, I need help. I need direction. And it's those people, as the Bible said, they're forgiven much, are free to give, to help. And it's such an honor to be with you, to go through God's vision on 2016 of what He wants for us. But let's see. Uh, Donnie Moyer, see in here? There he is. Uh, how about Holly Motzinger? And Sean Odie. There's some directions on here. You guys can write an email about when you give it away. What a perfect time of year. You may, you may encounter somebody with a credit card debt from Christmas and it may just... It, listen, if you have a quarter, some people think, oh, I have a quarter and it's not a big deal. Again, I'm going to go back to this. If you're at a soda machine or a water, or a water machine and you want a water or a soda and you have a dollar, the 25 cents that somebody has for you is worth far more than 25 cents. Without it, you can't get a soda, you can't get a drink. Don't be afraid to show God's love. Listen, we get to enter a new year. Be safe. Celebrate. Okay? It's going to be fun. Enjoy it with your family and friends. Thank you for enjoying this with us this morning. And I know as we go into a new year that some of us are very scared. I I hear this. I talk talk with people. I don't say what they talk to me about, but I'm just telling you, there's, there's hurt. There's hurt here. There's hurt here. There's hurt in your life. There's hurt from that external stuff. And if you will, in a moment, I'm just going to ask you, when everybody bows their head, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand, and I'm going to just pray for you, not specifically, not by name. God can see you. But you know what? I do want to change in 2016. I do want God to come into my life, and I want to be different. Listen, if you're sitting here, and you've only been to Connection once or twice, you're sitting beside some people that used to be really, 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 really different than they are now. And that comes from one source. It doesn't come from Matt. It doesn't come from Mike. It doesn't come from anybody in here. It comes from Jesus Christ. That love, that that impactful forgiveness that we have accepted has changed the course of our life. And in 2016, I wonder where that can go. I wonder what kind of impact we can make. I I wonder what God will do. I want to be waiting. God, use us. And that's why I'm going to pray. So if you would just bow your head with me. If there's needs in your life, if there's hurts in your life, if there's stuff in your life, just really quickly, just raise your hand up and you put it back down. I know that there's 
They're, they're thank you for those hands. There they're, they're are people, God, this morning, and me included. God, externally in our life, there are things that impact us negatively. It's easy to get upset or it's hard for us to understand those things, but God, we ask that You be our helper. God, that you that we truly recognize. Maybe we need to turn that compass. God, but for all of us, as, as we encounter 2016, God, that we may see 2016 be like un, an unbelievable, unlike any other year we've ever had. God, that we may follow you closer. That we may limit our commitments. God, that we live with a purpose. God, but most of all, going through hard stuff, easy stuff. Let us understand and listen that You are our help, You are our source of hope, and You are love. God, it is with that love that You give us that we give to other people. God, we love You. We love You, God. We thank You for an unbelievable year. God, we thank You so much for the things that You've done. We just ask Your blessing on these people. God, on the, on the people that are working with the children and the children. God, our families. God, that we may experience not just a new year, but a new way of life. It's in Your wonderful holy name that we pray. Amen.